Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. I'm Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. Today we are asking the question, should men go on mission? This time. All right, welcome to the Man Catholic Podcast. Today we are coming to you live from a Focus Recruitment Weekend. Brock, tell us what a Focus Recruitment Weekend is before we get into our topic. No, great. A Focus Recruitment Weekend is an opportunity for young men and women, and we'll, we'll focus obviously on the men, to spend a couple days discerning if the Lord is calling them to intentionally spend the next couple years being a Focus missionary. Did yep. you emphasize young because you're no longer young? I'm emphasizing young because everybody that's interviewing is still in college. So they're current college students yeah. who are considering focus as a, as at least a short-term future. Okay, hold on. Future. 98% probably still in college. There's definitely guys that There are, might be a few here who out are post-graduates. Yeah, right. just, just to be clear. But they're here today. They're, they're applying. They have applied. And this weekend is not only a couple days of prayer and discernment, but also interviews. So we're, we're looking at a bunch of guys and gals. Walking around right now, they're decked out in their suits, their ties on. I saw a couple bow ties, and the ladies look lovely. Too many mustaches. I'm just going to say that. Not enough mustaches. Probably too much facial hair um, (laughs) going around here. Uh, But uh, it's a great weekend, so it's great to be here. So we're talking about should men go on mission. Now, at first, I would say, yes, all men should go on mission. I think that's true, that no matter what you decide to do and what God calls you to do in life, you are called by your baptism to be on mission, to evangelize the world with the Catholic faith. So, yes, that's the quick answer. And that's it for today for the Man Catholic Podcast. That was God, a great see you next time. Yeah. You know, think about, though, the culture. I know it was a joke, right? Think about the Mormon religion, guys that are it all into their faith. Two years, they're on mission. I, I don't know what percentage of guys, but it's a ton of the, the Mormon guys go on mission. Oh, yeah. It's almost mandatory. I'm yeah, not sure if it, it is, mandatory but, it, not, but it's, it's almost ton, mandatory. Right? And, and, unless you don't care about your Mormon upbringing. And it preps those guys for, for an amazing thing. I mean, there's some successful businessmen out there, the Mormons. Yeah. And just they, That experience themselves shapes them. But think of the culture if every Catholic man, yeah. young man, were to take two years— and either, for sure, if they feel a tug to the seminary, go go in sure. and discern, do the spirituality yeah. year if you do that, which I think all of them are starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Go discern hardcore or go do mission for two years. What would the culture look like, let's just say in the United States, if yep. all those men did something intense like that? Well, I think it would look very different. And the reason I can say that confidently is because for Mormons, it does look very different. All right. So of all the men who go on a mission for the Mormon church. And like we just said, it's, if it's not all of them, it is well over majority of them. The percentage that don't continue practicing their Mormon faith after they go on mission. Do you guys know the number? 1%, Hmm. 1% of these men. How do you know that stat? Yeah. Someone gave it to me and I wrote it down. Impressive. Wasn't even prep. (laughs) 1% of these men go on a Mormon mission and leave the Mormon faith. So you're asking the question. Those are the guys that come to my door and I just rip them to shreds. Well, because here's the deal. They got to, they got to deal with guys like you, right? (laughs) So they got, they, they are knocking on doors all over the world doing this in Mm. different languages and day in and day out, door after door, they're encountering Thomas Wirtz's and others who are rejecting what it is they have to offer. Not only do they need to learn what they are offering in this case, their faith, they have to be convicted yeah, of it. They have to be, yeah. Yep. And, and you have to face rejection. Those three things. And 
doing that day in and day out for two years builds a rock solid foundation for the rest of your life, not only professionally, spiritually, but also for your family. And I think, oh my gosh, if Catholics did this, 100%. going back to your question, Thomas, it would revolutionize the Catholic Church in the world, in the United States, and in our parishes. No, and, and you're quoting statistics. I think some Catholic statistics, if you look at families where the child has a conversion, the chances that mom and dad will also have a conversion is something like 15%. Sure. In a family where the mom has a conversion, it jumps to like 40% that the rest Mm -hmm. of the family would convert. But if dad has a conversion, and for us on the Man Catholic Podcast, Mm -hmm. we're very passionate about this, it's like 98% chance that the rest of the family family comes along. Let's go, dads. Absolutely. No, and I think that the reality is I, I started to learn this as a boy, definitely at Benedictine College in undergrad. I'm taking some classes at UMary for grad school now. There's a concept that boys primarily think about themselves. It's all about I need to keep myself safe. I need to like mm. make sure I'm okay, make sure I've got pleasure, make yeah. sure I'm avoiding pain. Men are primarily concerned with others. Mm. And there's actually a spiritual maturity that comes when, when men step into explicit mission work because it's not about you and that's a lesson we have to learn through trial through error through the hardships that come with rejection and the things that you were just mentioning but i I, you know whether it's focused or not i do think you know god may not be calling every man to go do explicit mission work that's obviously clear yeah but i do think every man owes it to themselves and to the lord to say god if you did call me to go be an explicit missionary in some capacity i gotta pray about that i gotta be at least open to discerning that for the sake of us becoming the men we're called. Okay, why, why can't God, I know you got something, Steve, why couldn't God, why couldn't guys just go do two years of, one to two years of service? I think you we know? should build it in, and I would love to see it built in more, Thomas, where it is almost an automatic. And and even so, so my I've got two points here. Uh, one's a personal story and one is um, a proposal that, that I think we should, as men, consider moving forward, and, and that has to do on your topic. But my story is I experienced, Brock, what you were talking about, this opportunity to mature. I experienced it unknowingly, and it was certainly not a plan of my life when I was in college because I went to college, Colorado State University, go Rams, and a year and a half in my life was falling apart. I was getting into legal trouble. I was certainly not involved in my faith. I was doing things I did not want to do. I was St. Paul of the New Testament saying, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And I knew in that moment I had to do something major to hit the reset button. I, I had to completely change tracks. Now, some guys don't, but but a lot of guys do. And I looked at joining the Marine Corps or moving to war as Mexico. Is there a high requirement for the Marines? Oh, height? Yeah. And I made it, it just barely. <laughs> and I was a signature away from joining the Marine Corps, guys. And I Steve ended is up, a Marine. That would have been something. Yeah. I still <laughs> would have been able late. to beat you it's up. You know, I can now, and I would have been able to definitely then. Um, but I moved to Juarez, Mexico to build houses, one room cinder block houses. And I was the guy in charge. I was 20 years old, drop out of college, trying to figure life out, hot mess, in charge building these houses and week after week groups would come from the united states whether it be on a, a mission trip or a summer break trip in fact three of those groups were focus groups hey, is Juarez it is that a pretty tough place totally yeah. border town like tijuana yeah. most people have heard tijuana, about tijuana sure, it's just yeah, like tijuana um lots of drugs lots of violence yeah. and i lived in the poorest of the poor area so what we would do we'd tear down a cardboard house pour a concrete foundation then build a cinder block house i mean that's what we did and for a whole year 
I, I was there for seven months. seven months. I built 19 houses while I was there for seven months. And it was crazy, guys, to look another dad in the eyes, right? Because these are families of six, usually six or seven, and say, I, a 20-year-old dropout, am going to build you a new house. I got this. And and to see him, and he'd bring Coke or donuts as we were working. Like Coca-Cola. Yep. Okay. And, and college students. And we would we'd tear down his cardboard house that he had built. And we build them a new house and it rocked their world, but it rocked my world mm-hmm. because they would look at me and say things like I had one lady look at me in the eyes through tears and said, you are an angel sent from heaven. I'm like, I'm a freaking college dropout trying yeah, to figure I out my own junk out. Right. Yeah. And, and no, I didn't. And <laughs> I, I didn't know how to respond to that. What I'm getting at is I came back to, to CSU and by God's grace, because that had matured me, I didn't get this big spiritual awakening there, but it woke me up to the reality of humanity and and faith in the way that Mexicans, to the best of their ability, can live out faith. And I walked through the Newman Center doors on my own, and I got involved with Focus, and it was from then that my life completely changed. But without that pivotal moment, right. I don't think I would have ever walked through those doors. Before your second point, so, so mission then... Could could be a couple different things, right? So you, yep. you're talking about a corporate work of mercy yes. type mission. Yep. Focus is more the spiritual kind of work of mercy, yep. spiritual poverty. So just yeah, totally. Just so we're not confused. Yeah, we're guys. we're talking about going on mission, and we'll we'll come back to focus. So my second point is, men mature far slower now than they used to. Mm-hmm. Right? We look back at 18 year olds in the 1940s who were fighting World War II, and that's a different 18 year old. Yep. Than we see yep. now, who are in terms of the emotional maturity, yeah, emotional right? maturity, yeah. Yeah. Yep. and willingness to take responsibility and sacrifice, yeah, yeah. I, which I think falls into yeah. that emotional exactly. maturity for sure, and, and that's a reality that we have to acknowledge. And if we keep doing the same things we've always done, we'll keep getting what we've always gotten. And what we are seeing now is men who are maturing slower, who go straight into college and they experience what I experienced. Now that was guys, that was twenty years ago, and. I was not mature enough for college. I had not experienced the maturity that was needed for college. I certainly didn't know how to study. I was partying like crazy. I was doing everything but what I should have been doing as a mature, responsible student. And I think we're seeing that more and more now. So I think these gap years that are starting to be talked about are critically important, if not right after high school, definitely after college. Take a pause. You don't have to go through the system just because that's been the system set up before you. And to take some time and to go do something for the greater good and Catholic mission, being a focused missionary, I think, dare I say, could be the best thing you do after you graduate before entering the workforce. Yeah, and I think your two points I would maybe group into one point I want to make is that every man should do some kind of mission. Again, going down, serving the poor working with vagabond, doing net, doing focus. Like there's, there's, there's a number of really great things out totally. there. Christ in the city, right? Yep. There's yep. some cool things. Cause it's the first thing it's going to do is it's going to change you. Yep. It's going to radically change you. And I know for me, part of the reason I decided to do focus was because of the impact it was going to have on me. I knew I needed to grow. I knew I needed to learn a lot more about my faith and I knew focus would push me. And thank God I did it cause it has pushed me for the last 20 some years. And I, have a lot more room to grow, but I know it's helped me become the man I am today. And I'm super grateful for that experience. So, so imagine if every young Catholic man goes and does mission, what it will do for them, shaping them, the husband Mm -hmm. they'll then become 
the the professional and the, friend, and the father the friend the, the brother the son yep. yep and the second reason i think is just think then of actually the work that they're actually would be doing like you you built 19 houses in seven months the people you served think of who you're going to preach the gospel to last night i spoke to the men at, well the men and women at the recruitment weekend and i just i told them three stories one about a man who's a gold miner and their elevator got stuck he ended up doing some heroic crazy stuff saved 20 men in that elevator right I told him about, if you guys seen Hacksaw Ridge, Desmond Doss, uh, yeah. up on that ridge, he pulled 75 men to safety, lowered them 350 feet each time, yeah. right, all of them by hand, saved, saved 75 men, but then talked about the North American martyrs, right, those Jesuit priests yep. and all the, the, the Hurons and the Iroquois that eventually had conversions because they were willing to give their life. So you think of the impact that will come from you saying yes to mission for one year, two year, three years, whatever it is. So the impact on you, but then who else is going to reach those people? Who's going to build those houses? Sure. The Who's going to preach the, the gospel? Yeah. yeah, and so it's, it's, I think, an amazing thing. I hope anyone, everyone listening is kind of moved and, and maybe challenged a little bit to think, why, why aren't we all doing mission for a year or two? Totally, and, and we should, as you mentioned earlier, Thomas, we should all, like mission evangelization, because we are baptized, is a part of our identity. This is something we should be doing for the rest of 100%. our lives, no matter what. But whether or not you should actually take a substantial portion of your life and dedicate it explicitly to mission is what we're discussing. And I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think this is absolutely something that we should, as Catholic men, be discerning. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about, uh, you know, everybody, especially men, are concerned with what are they going to eat? What are they going to wear? Mm -hmm. And as men, we are called to provide and protect, particularly for our families. This is something that a lot of young men are really thinking about. What, you know, is, is this going to hurt my career, sure, my earning sure. power? Am I, am I falling behind, you know, in the business world if I don't step in right away? And Jesus in, in Matthew 6, 33 just says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you besides. And there's a, there is a spiritual truth, a spiritual reality that we need to understand that when we put God first, when we put his kingdom first, when we put the mission of the church first, it will never be a bad decision. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? If you're anything like me, the idea of going to the gym beforehand, you're like, doggone it, I got to, okay, this is, this is not going to be a very fun way to spend the next hour, hour and a half. I've never walked out of a gym thinking that was a stupid way to spend my time. Every single time I leave, I'm like, that was a good decision. I'm glad that I did that. <laughs> and there's, a, there, there's something spiritual in us that when we think about mission, when we think about engaging and sacrificing for the church and for the kingdom, there's something in us that has an aversion to that because we know it's going to be uncomfortable. We know that there's yep. going to be elements that, that require us to die to ourselves. Well, but I promise yeah. you, you will never, you will never That's leave that yeah. saying point. that was a dumb decision or a bad way to spend my time. Mm -mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Brock, that if we just do what the Lord is asking us to do, he will provide for us. So that's the first question you have to ask. Jesus, are you calling me to do this? And you have to have the guts to be able to be open to and respond to his answer. Because if you ask him sincerely, he will answer you. And, and going back to Brock, I, the reason I don't want to go to the gym is, is sometimes or exercise is because I'm lazy, mm -hmm. right? Because I just prefer not to because I don't want to endure the hardness of that. I think when we're faced with questions like this, should I go on mission? I think it's fear and a lack of trust. I'm afraid of this. Yep. I'm afraid of that. And I don't trust that God will take care of me. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, I think that's what it is. Because if God is calling you to this, why wouldn't he take care of you? Why wouldn't he provide for your needs? 
And why would you need to be afraid of yep. anything? You don't need to be. But there are a handful of things that, that enter our mind that we just need to think through. What I'm not saying is walk blindly through the doors and go do mission. No, be concerned about certain aspects. Think through them, pray through them, but then figure them out. Yep. Because if the Lord says, yes, I want you on mission, great, that's your answer. Your discernment's done. Yep. But now you've got to figure a few things out. So what are some of those things? Well, we're encountering that a lot of parents sometimes don't understand what you would do as a focused missionary, or um, they don't understand how they can, can, can pay for a degree that you just spent four or five, maybe six years <laughs> studying for, and then you don't use it. Like, why would you do that? What, yep. what good can come out of that? And then, as you were saying, Brock, the whole fundraising thing, that all focused missionaries do raise their own financial support. But again, God has all the money in the world. It's all his. Yep. And if he's calling you to something and he knows you need to fundraise, he will provide for you, I promise, if you do your part in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are realistic, uh, I guess, concerns or obstacles but they're not barriers, yep. right? So you will need to work through some of these things, but it all comes down to what you said, Brock. If God is calling you to do this, then just decide to follow him, and he will provide and help you take care of everything else. Yeah, it's interesting because it's the parent thing is interesting because, yeah, that is something that we hear a lot in focus. I don't know if other groups hear it too, but honor your father and mother is, is one of the commandments, but at the same time, the Lord says, you know, I will come and I will... What does he say? What's the line where he talks about um, he's going to separate you and mother-in-law from sister-in-law? Yeah. Like, you know, like this idea of put your hand to the plow, don't look back. And it, even if there's if you're if you're committed to giving yourself to the gospel and to serving the Lord and your parents have a problem with that, you're an adult. And I think at some point it, serve the Lord first. Right. And so I think that's one thing. And the idea, Brock, you both you guys kind of hinted at is men, we need to we need to surrender. We need to surrender to the Lord and not yep. be afraid to totally. give to give that up. No, you were so Steve. You were mentioning your experience in Juarez, and I want to mention my experience in college, my sophomore year when I was in Italy, because it hits exactly what you mm -hmm. were saying, Thomas. My conversion happened in Assisi, and I can think back to the exact oh, moment, ma magical place, the exact moment of Santa Maria degli Angeli, the big cathedral that houses the Porta Nuova. Oh, down in the valley. Yeah, up. Up on the main altar to the right, there's a picture of St. Francis at his death. And here's this 40-year-old guy, by all accounts of the world, a total failure. failure. He's starving. He's diseased. He's dying young. And the young monks are all kind of freaking out. Like, dang, he's dying. This stinks. The, the middle-aged guys are kind of like, something interesting is happening here. And all the old guys, the old monks, have their eyes raised. And there are angels, like, breaking through the ceiling to come take St. Francis to heaven. And what reminded me of the parent thing is that there was a key moment in St. Francis of Assisi's life where when he began to start giving things away to the poor, his, his family was a, a rich merchant family. And fun fact, he actually is the first person in recorded history named Francesco. It means little French speaker because as a six-year-old, he knew French. That's right. Um, but anyways, his dad actually brought him in front of the bishop to say, this man, my son, needs to stop giving away what my business has earned. And St. Francis gave all of the clothes back, including the clothes on his own back, standing there in front of the bishop and his dad, butt naked, and said, I need to do God's will before I do anybody else's will. So go get naked and tell your parents to... Yeah, yeah, something on those something lines. Like but that. maybe not get naked, but, but recognize <laughs> that you need, to, you need to prioritize the will of your heavenly Father Amen. above the will of 
your earthly parents. That's a because, great story too. Yeah, to no, it, it, that. yeah, yeah. Brock, well said. And this brings us to the fourth commandment: honor your father and your mother. And I think there's genius in this commandment because it does not say always obey your father and your mother, but it does say to honor them. Mm-hmm. And when I joined Focus back in 2008, my parents were not very excited about it, and they thought it was a two-year mission trip again. Well, here goes Steve back to Juarez. And two years later, my dad sat me down, looked me across uh, the table in the eyes and said, it's time to get a real job. And I said, Dad, it's time for you to come to Focus Conference (laughs) and see what I actually do. And since that conference, they've been to every conference since. Mm. To this day, they say, Steve, you got to keep doing what you're doing in Focus. One of my sisters is a very successful um, surgery center manager, directs a surgery center. And the other is very successful with BMW. And I think my dad looks at what I'm doing in focus and there's a, there's a twinkle in his eye mm. when, when he looks and when we talk about it. Can your sister get us discounts on Yeah, BMWs? probably. And they are, they're the great supporters of this. But my point is. I love, hey, first, I love that your parents yeah. actually came. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's sure. amazing, well, right? Because not mean, everyone would be willing to Well, I think they wanted to come and almost prove me wrong. Kind of like, let's go check this out so that we can still sit well, them down and say, to, not do this. they were open to their... But yeah, so they're they're great supporters of it spiritually, financially. Um, they're, they're incredible uh, parents. But what I, what I bring this story up for is that I honored them. I loved them. I looked them in the eye. I told them what I was doing. I, But I was okay disobeying them. Yeah. My dad then, wanted me to be a successful engineer, but I had to look at him and say... God's not calling me to that, and I don't want to do that. God's calling me to this, and I do want to do this. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. And I knew that went against the hearts and the desires of my parents. But I still honored them. Right. I still honored them, even though I didn't obey them. Right. And how many—I mean, you mentioned St. Francis. I think there's a a number of saints that did things their parents were not happy about. Mm -hmm. Aquinas, Yep. I think, was one of them, too, wasn't it? They they locked him in a room with a prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he— scared her off with a fire poker or something <laughs> yeah. like that it's just amazing but the uh i i would want to just challenge every guy what what justification are you putting out there for you not to do mission mm-hmm. like what's your reason and to wrestle with that lay that out there put it in someone else's ear too right Op- open that up bring it to the light both in prayer and to some of your friends and say hey this is why i don't want to do mission and phrase it that way i'm not going to go do mission for a year or two because and just say that out loud yourself. I, I want you to wrestle with that because what, what would be a reason to keep you from being, f- being formed in a deeper way in your own faith, right? Steve mentioned the Mormons. You go out there, you share the gospel. It's going to shape you because, again, your conviction, your zeal, you're going to be pushed. You're going to experience failures, rejection. And what that does for you as a disciple is an amazing thing because God's grace is in that moment. What it does for you as a human being on a human level is also amazing because nothing, you begin to not fear anything. Rejection doesn't scare you anymore. So there's so many different levels. And I just, again, want to challenge you, what's your justification to not do it? And, and lay it out there and wrestle with that. All right. So I have, I have one more thing and then we'll wrap up. For any guys listening to this, maybe a friend or a missionary pass this on to you and you're, you're specifically thinking about focus or let's say you're thinking about the seminary or you're thinking about another one of these great apostolates that we've mentioned here on the podcast today. Take a step. Take a step in the direction of pursuing this and see what the Lord does with it. Okay? He will open and close doors accordingly. 
but he cannot, as we say in focus, God cannot drive a parked car. You got to get mm-hmm. behind the wheel. You got to turn it on. You got to put your foot on the gas and then he can help out. We've got to take steps in this. You can always apply for focus and say no. You can interview with focus. You can say no. You can get offered a job with focus and still say no, but you can't say yes if you don't go through those steps. Yep. So anyone listening, at least give God an opportunity to work with Amen. this. What a great topic, guys. Should men go on mission? Absolutely. Should Heck they yeah. go on mission right after college? I think Yes, I really do. Like, go do it. It's not going to halt your career. It's not going to stunt any kind of professional growth. It's only going to launch you into being a better husband, a better father, and a better employee, and a better friend, and a brother. So, guys, uh, you can check it out. I think focus.org slash apply is the website. You can go to focus.org to check that out um, or any of the other apostolates. That's it for the Man Catholic Podcast. We'll catch you next time live here from a Focus Recruitment Weekend. God bless. (laughs)